0: friends, welcome to the intuitive mother podcast, the podcast created to help you awaken heal and connect to your truth and your desires as you journey home to you in the midst of motherhood. I'm your host, Angie Schaefer, wife, mom of two teen daughters, intuitive life coach and Reiki healer, creator of the awoken woman and spiritual joy seeker. Each week, we'll come together and chat, just as if we are on my sofa, side by side, sharing sacred space. It is my greatest hope to help other moms by offering insights, interviews, and straight up truth on all things motherhood and womanhood to guide your journey home with a friendly and healing vibe. Our time is now, let's go. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Intuitive Mother podcast. This week, we have another special guest episode, and I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. I had the privilege of getting to know Natalie Burrell, who is the founder of Life Success for Teens. She coached high school and competitive cheerleading for eight years, and this is where she realized that she had a gift for connecting with teenagers and motivating them to be the best versions of themselves. She has 14 years of experience working as a school psychologist in a public high school. Her areas of expertise is working with the students who need a boost in confidence to feel successful both in and out of the classroom. This is such a good conversation where we share with you how to help your teen build confidence in a world of comparison. Natalie shares a lot of great insight from her work in life success for teens. We have a conversation about how comparison and confidence has shown up within my own work and my greatest work as a mother. And I truly cannot wait to share this episode with you. You can find Natalie on Instagram at life success for teens You can find her on Facebook at Parents Raising Successful Teens and the website www.lifesuccess4teens.com. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed getting to know Natalie and spending this time with her chatting. We are back at the Intuitive Mother podcast, and today we want to welcome Natalie. She is from Life Success for Teens. I am so excited to have her here with us because, as you all know, I am a mom of two teen daughters, and I know that the work anyone invests in Contributing to that stage and age of life is really valuable and great work in the world. And I would just love, Natalie, to welcome you and have you share a little bit with our listeners about what you do at Life Success for Teens.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thank you so much for having me. You're mm-hmm. no So my background is in school psychology, actually, and I do still work currently as a school psychologist in a public high school in the Cleveland, Ohio area. And my role there is to help students who have something getting in the way of their learning, like a learning disability, or perhaps ADHD, anxiety, or all of the above. Mm -hmm. And I work with a team of people to help kind of assess what their needs are as far as Um, Being in school and being a successful student, and then it's part of my job after the assessment is to help put resources and supports in place for those teenagers, so they can have a successful high school experience both academically And socially. Um, But about six years ago, I started to get a little frustrated with the amount of report writing and red tape that I had to go through to get a teenager the help that they needed. Mm -hmm. And that's when I found the field of academic life coaching. And that's when I founded Life Success for Teens. So it's a different way to use my skill set, and I get to work with teenagers who want to be successful. In school, but have something getting in their way. And in this case, it's typically something like a lack of confidence, or maybe it's some stress or anxiety that's getting in the way of them being the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's things like time management, organization, study skills. Sometimes it's I just don't know what I want to do after high school, and that feels really heavy and overwhelming. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a wonderful way to work with students one-on-one and to see their progress over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just me, I can't take all the credit for this. I do have a wonderful team of coaches that I work with. They're all educators in some capacity. Some are teachers, some are guidance counselors, some are school psychologists like me, but we do this work in addition to our work in education because we just wanted a different way to connect with teenagers and to see them progress.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's such a great age of connection.
0: And we, you know, a lot of people take the stance of like, it's when they need the l- least amount of our help because they're, you know, they're moving and grooving in their own independence. And yet there's still a lot of guidance to be given around that age. I've seen it in both of my daughters. Mm -hmm. One of them just... You know, it was smooth sailing through high school. The other has struggled throughout all of her educational years with bullying and connecting. And even though academically she was thriving and doing really well because of the perfectionism inside of her okay. and finding like where to channel all of that really yes. good, like she didn't want to let anyone down, but she was still then struggling with anxiety. And it really helps to have other adults. Like I know from a parent standpoint to have other adults involved and really care about your student and wanting to your child and wanting to see them progress and find that deeper connection. And I always look to that. I know we've had coaches work with both of our daughters and we have said they have not been academic coaches, but more like life coaches, Mm -hmm. confidence coaches for teens. And we've said like every teen needs a mentor Of some way, shape or form. And I think like the coaching industry allows that relationship to develop between the teen and then the coach to mentor them through that time period. And it's a unique spot where the parents can't quite hit the same, the same connection.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, to almost say it another way is that sometimes our teenagers just need another voice. Mm-hmm. I might even say the exact same thing that you would say to your daughter, but coming from you, you know, right. how could you possibly understand your mom? But right. coming from me, it's the most brilliant thing they've ever heard. And that's just right. because my voice is different. And mm-hmm. because I don't have, you know, 14 to 19 years of emotion and memory mm-hmm. and connection tied up in my conversation with my students. Do I want the best for them? Absolutely. Do I mm-hmm. empathize with them and understand what they're going through? Yes. But I don't have that like emotional tie the way that a mom right. does. And right. I think that that piece allows our work as coaches to just have a different impact.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I think there's a nice trust that builds in like exactly that. You're
0: not my mom. You're not yelling at me five minutes later about my clothing being all over the place or coming in late, or you don't like my boyfriend or whatever. And you're just there to work with them on what is showing up in their life that they need help with. So I think it's a huge benefit. And I honestly believe, I'm hoping that you see a lot of people utilize this service and coaching through your company, because I always say like, gosh, I coaching is huge. And it, it's underutilized in a sense mm-hmm. where, like, we don't. I think it's now like gaining its traction and recognition of like the in between or like a little bit of like a blended in therapy in a sense. Like, we're allowing that recognition that we all need some guidance here and there and we don't have to do it alone. And the parents don't have to do it alone because if you have your kid struggling and then you're dealing with it emotionally at home and attempting to also deal with it educationally and Mm -hmm. academically, I think you would, it just feels like you're in over your head. I mean, I know for a fact, if our daughter was struggling academically last year, it would have felt like a huge weight because it was emotional and then it would have been adding in the academics. Um, Thankfully, we only were struggling with the social aspect of school. But I, I really think it's great work that you're doing. And I'm excited to see that type of support become more of a norm in our society, I hope, so that the kids get the resources and the help that they need.
1: Thank so, yeah. You know. I hope so too. I mean, I see I see the stigma lifting with therapy mm-hmm. and I see the awareness of coaching also increasing mm-hmm. and that makes my heart so happy because yeah. there is a certain profile of a teenager that needs therapy. And that is the right path for them. And we're very clear that we don't do therapy while we Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, stress relief and managing anxiety and coping skills. And how do we, you know, recover from setbacks, some of those normal, like, Daily living skills or things we uh-huh. need in the real world. We don't do therapy, and that we're very clear about that because uh-huh. we've had families come to us that you know they're not ready for coaching, or we're not the ones to help them. And it, it is they do have a therapy or therapeutic uh-huh. need, but there's a certain type of kid that they just need that boost of confidence. They just need a skill set fine tuned. They just uh-huh. need you know that other voice or somebody to connect with, and that is the type of kiddo that we can work miracles with because Mm -hmm. they want to be there. They want the support and it's the right. Right. And I
0: also think it's a huge blessing when you see the two um, work together. I mean, I know therapists are becoming more and more open to hearing, okay, you have a coach. Like that wasn't something 10, 15 years ago, you know, you heard the word coach and you thought solely like a track coach or a football coach or something. And now it's becoming more mainstream and people understand. I mean, I know with my daughter, she had a coach and she had a therapist. And you're right. Like, they're becoming so much more. That generation is so much more open about, mm-hmm. hey, I, I have a therapist. Like, I, I need a therapist. And that's beautiful in itself. But it's so nice when you see the two respect and work together for the better of that individual that needs sometimes both or sometimes can utilize just one of them and move forward in life. So, yeah,
1: that's really great. Agree. I mean, we're actually in the process of reaching out to a lot of physicians and psychologists mm. to just make them aware, because I know that only so much work can be done in a therapy session. There's only mm-hmm. so much you can focus on, but if we can supplement what is happening in therapy you know, with the academic piece or with the coaching Mm -hmm. piece and they can work on the therapy piece. We can all be, you know, a couple cooks in the kitchen working on the same thing right? um, and not have much overlap. And that's a really powerful
0: combination. Right. Right. Yeah. And really see some great connection and support for that kid. Absolutely. So I know we wanted to talk and share with our audience today about helping teens build confidence Mm -hmm. in a world of comparison and This is a big one, I'm sure, for all of our listeners, and I think it can come up in different ways. You can see that comparison and just building confidence around your peers, around, you know, they're a generation of social media where they're seeing everything to compare and internalize. And, um, you know, I'm just... Look into chat with you about how you see that come up in your work as a coach and pulling and even like how you see that as school psychologists and pulling that in and you have that background and everything as well.
1: Yeah, I see, you know, what comes to mind is two different ways that I tend to see it. The comparison piece happens a lot for our perfectionists, our high achievers, who might be sitting in an honors class and get a 95 back on their test. And they look at their friend next door who got a 97 and all of a sudden there's feelings of I'm less than that Mm -hmm. person. I'm not as smart. I must not have studied as hard. But their mind even goes to things like I'm not going to get into as good of a college like they their wheels start spinning in their mm-hmm. head. Um and it's just that comparison when you see somebody else who does as well as you or even a little bit better and they put a lot of meaning behind that. So mm-hmm. I, I see that quite often. Um, the other way that I see it is through social media, as you mentioned. You know, we've we've talked you know had a lot of conversation just in our society right now about how social media is the highlight reel, literally. Of somebody's life, and we never know what is happening behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I personally love posts when people show, like you know, the the perfect image at the end, and then (laughs) the ten images it took to get that, or like what it looks like without the filter, or the perfect lighting, or you know, whatever it may be. I love that, but I think for our teenagers. They get that, but they don't fully understand what that means. And they have a harder time tuning out that comparison. Whereas you and I, as adults, probably know enough to be like, okay, I should unfollow that person because uh-huh. they make me feel less than. But a teenager, it's almost like a little, like a adre- adrenaline rush every time that they see that. And it's hard uh-huh. for them to have the skills and the wherewithal and the, the knowledge to just unfollow that person Mm -hmm. so we have a lot of conversations um in coaching about comparison how to reduce that negativity how to increase you know we call them energy givers and energy takers how do we increase the energy givers in your life whether it's people places things situations and how do we reduce the energy takers because that Mm -hmm. comparison game it's, it's a dangerous game and it's one that you're not going to win at (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you keep up at it. But those are the two ways I typically see it. Comparison to others, um, as far as academics and then through social media. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think
0: of our generation, we obviously had this comparison of others. You would sit in your class and you knew what people were getting back on tests. I mean, I would almost think that nowadays, I know like my daughters, a lot of their test scores came back via electronics. So maybe you didn't even know what others were Uh getting, but But they show each other. (laughs) They show each other. And I know like, and sometimes it was even the comparison of who's getting recommended for what class. Yes. And to maintain your confidence that like your gifts may be in another area of academics or you know another class or another path or whatever and that not to downgrade you know what who you can be like not to compare yourself and do that but then also like you said with social media they can't register to unfollow. And what came through for me while you were saying that is even like in the world of TikTok, Mm -hmm. you could say, okay, I don't want to follow that person anymore. But your for you page is already constantly pulling the same type of stuff back up on your page, because it's how it's supposed to work. It's the algorithm, going to throw it right back in front of you. And then you have that stress. And I even think like kids these days, they have it the entire day at school because they have their phones. Like once they hit high school, I was shocked by like how much they were allowed on their phones. Like
1: they were Mm -hmm. right there all the time. All the time. And I I remember when we were in middle school and high school, we got to go home and like turn off the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what everybody was doing. Everybody, everywhere else. We didn't have these connections unless you called someone on a physical phone right I mean just started texting when I was in college so it's it's very different now and there's that Mm -hmm. other like feeling of comparison socially when you're worried about what everybody else is doing or being mm-hmm. left out of something that is really that's challenging as well mm-hmm.
0: do you see a lot of that tying in and connecting to like the academic coaching within those that you help because I mean I just know thinking of my one daughter like socially then how they feel in the classroom can get a little bit tricky as well and cause extra anxiety and yeah you know spirals yeah. from there
1: I mean it's it's very- very interesting. We we do an activity with our teenagers called the Wheel of Life. You may have heard of it, mm-hmm. where you're ranking your current level of satisfaction in all of these different areas of your life, whether it's your grades, um, you know how healthy you are, how much fun you're having, how much you see your friends, etc. And it's so interesting how when we can talk about increasing a level of confidence or feeling better about one area of our life, how it increases the other areas just naturally. Mm-hmm. So that's a conversation that we like to have at the beginning of coaching, because it just kind of, it's an eye opener to these kids. Like, oh, you mean if I increase, you know, my confidence even more on the basketball court, that can actually help me increase my confidence in the classroom. Like Mm -hmm. that, that like makes them pause and think. Mm -hmm. Um, And it brings up something else. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about some other kids I have who have this, they struggle in the classroom. I'll say that. You know, they might try hard, but they're not seeing the grades that they want, but they, they excel in other areas like leadership, or maybe they're, you know, really involved in student council or they're a good athlete. And we talk about, you know, why we feel confident in those areas, what skills it brings out in us. And then Mm -hmm. how do we apply that to a classroom setting? Mm -hmm. And those are typically conversations our teenagers haven't had. Just, mm-hmm. and, and it's not through any fault of, you know, mom or dad or teachers. It's just that hasn't been brought up before. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, kind of looking at their skill set in a different way. If you're not amazing right. in the classroom, you're probably amazing somewhere else, but it's, right. it's not as easy to see right. because there's no grade. Right. It.
0: Well, and I, I think that the way our society works and how we've been raised and how it has grown is that everything is based on that grade and the academics and education. We do not focus. I mean, just think about this. Like when our kids are little, you notice everything they're good at. Like you love singing. Oh, keep singing. You love dancing. Then let's keep dancing. You're great with the soccer ball. Okay, let's do that. Maybe you're great at art and let's keep focusing on there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yes, they stay with those things. But as they get older, we put so much pressure on the grade or the classroom. And we forget that there were little gifts, along the way that are part of their core. And we're just bypassing them because now we're overwhelming them with all the academics and you have to be an A here or a B there. And you need this grade to get into that class or to stay on the team and to do that. But they start to slowly forget who they are and slowly forget to like, well, wait, what was that that I loved when I was you know, 10 or five or three, like, I truly believe we can see the gifts and like what they'll end up doing from a really young age. And then it's during the school years that they lose track of that. And they try to push to be somebody else that everybody else wants them to be.
1: And then they come back to it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. And, you know, I think that that happens a lot, especially once you get to the high school level, because now it's real. Now it counts. And there's that Mm -hmm. pressure because everything has to do with your future and how successful you are going to be. Mm -hmm. And that pressure is there for teenagers, but it's also there, you know, this for the parents, Mm -hmm. you know, there's that pressure that you want your teen to do well. And it, it's the same thing. I, I always, I will never forget this. I had a, a girl a couple months ago tell me she came to school and she was wearing her Ohio State sweatshirt because she got into Ohio State and her friend got into a more a prestigious school. Not that Ohio State is not, mm-hmm. but the girl's mom had this like feeling, she confided in me that she herself kind of felt a little bit less than, than mm-hmm. the mom of the girl who got into the really prestigious school. Mm-hmm. And it, it took away from like the celebration that her daughter just got into this right amazing school, right. And had, you know, overcome so much and, and worked so hard. So the struggle is real for parents too. Yeah, it,
0: it really is. I mean, I can attest on my side of it. So we have one that's a freshman at a college in Florida and there was a period of time I would say, all right, so she had been an A competitive swimmer and she had thought, oh, I'll try to get into Penn State and I hope to swim on their swim team. And then like by ninth grade, realized this was not her strong suit or gift. She was not going to make it to a level, a division one school for swimming. And by the end of ninth grade swim team year, she had decided she was leaving swimming behind because Mm. it no longer brought her happiness. And after that, I would say there was a full year of like, I'm not going to go to college. Like, I don't necessarily think that that's the path for me. And there is an immediate, like, trigger as a parent of, like, okay, you're not going to go? Like, what am I supposed to, like, what everybody else is going to think, like, you're a loser. Like, you're not. You're the kid that doesn't want to apply themselves. what What are we going to say? What are we going to do? And this was also like around the time that I was starting to come to terms with even a lot of like, what are my triggers in motherhood? Where are things that are happening in our life showing up? And it's reminding me of something that I need to work on, that I need to heal within myself. And I allowed that to sort of guide like, all right, you need, I need to like come to terms with this and understand what is it that's making me feel less than because she chooses a path of happiness versus a path of intense academics and moving on to college. Now she went to college and, you know, cause she came back around and she was like, well, I think, you know, I think I'll go. I don't know how much of that was truly like, I think that's definitely my path or how much of that had some of that applied like comparison. This yeah. is what everybody does. It's crazy to think I'm not going to do it. And she is still, she's doing exceptionally well, but still as a freshman, when she came home at Christmas, she was like, so I'm not a hundred percent sure this is really my thing. Like I feel, and she wants, she is a yoga teacher and she wants to explore the world and offer, like there's just different gifts. And I said to her, you do not like, nothing is a waste of time. You do not have to stay on this track. And most certainly don't stay on that track and go into debt over college and then decide that that was never what you should have done in the first Mm -hmm. place. And you probably sort of knew that in ninth grade, 10th grade, when you were leaning that way, she's still just like one day at a time. But I will admit there is that whole comparison that triggers like, oh, well, everybody else's kid is going to college. So if my kid doesn't go to college, does that mean something about me? Correct. Does it mean like I didn't raise them well enough or they're not like I think we're so judgmental as a society that you fear the judgment of all the other parents and it triggers that. And then we're teaching our kids to also feel that comparison and that judgment and do things sometimes that
1: are not in the best interest of them. Mm-hmm. That was really well said. And like very very open and honest um, for you to just kind of share how that makes you feel. And Mm -hmm. I actually hope, and I I kind of see this already, that the tides are turning a little bit with college being the only path. I see so many teenagers taking gap years Mm -hmm. and not gap years, like I'm not doing anything for a year. Gap year, like, I'm going to go to another country and go on a mission trip, or I'm going to shadow people and kind of figure Mm -hmm. out what it is I want to do with myself. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's Mm -hmm. amazing. Um, And then I see a lot of kids in high school also taking more, we call them tech programs in Mm -hmm. in Cleveland. So Mm -hmm. like the welding, the cosmetology, computer science, some of the things that you don't necessarily need a college degree to be certified or to practice in. Mm -hmm. Um, And those kids, love their programs because they're mm-hmm. doing something they actually enjoy. They and whether or not they decide to do it as a career, fine, but it's a different way to earn high school credits. And some of them do absolutely finish, get licensed. And that's what they do for their career. And they don't go to college and they're doing something they enjoy. And I I think that's mm-hmm. beautiful. I've heard a lot of people
0: local talk about how, you know, we're missing out on sharing we're going to lose like we're not even going to have trades men and women because for so many years we didn't push trade we didn't talk about how that was a justified and wonderful path for somebody to take and they were saying like this woman works in trade and she said you can actually see the shift now coming you're like more parents are allowing their kid to explore more kids are considering the exploration of trade work so and and you come out with no debt and you are working from the get-go and they're you know they're doing quite well and then there's those of us that went to college and you know they're still playing paying their college debt 15 years later and struggling so we're starting to recognize that there's value in in both depending on what you want to be and I know like we said to our daughter if you went to college and you knew you wanted to be a teacher you need to go to college. For sure. Like you yeah. can't tell us you want to be a nurse, a doctor, a teacher, an engineer, whatever, and not go to college. That's probably like, fun. The <laughs> there are <laughs> you, you're not going to get very far, but there are paths that are probably aligned with who you are that you don't need to go to college. And there's so many entrepreneurs these days mm-hmm. and so much like oh gosh, social yeah. media has changed the whole way of the world and the pandemic even shifted how people work. Like this right here, everybody on Zoom. So I think uh, that we'll see more and more of that growth as well. And I think it will hopefully pull that comparison down, that we're no longer, we're accepting more of like everybody's path is their own and allowing that confidence to bloom through
1: all of the school years. Yeah. And talk about a confidence booster for kids that may be struggling academically in high school to have that shift, especially Mm -hmm. in their maybe junior and senior year when they do a program and -hmm. they finally realize like, oh, I'm good at this. Like, this is where I shine and I get great grades in my construction trades class. Mm -hmm. Like that is a huge confidence booster and I love it when that happens. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Wow. Yeah. It's just it's crazy when you're on the side of it and you didn't realize like how all of the push for college was going to end up coming back to like sort of hurt our kids and that comparison Mm. and the confidence years later, like my generation was not per se the first generation that went to college, but probably the second and sometimes the first. I mean, I'm a first generation college. I'm the only one out of that side of the family besides my sister who's seven years younger that went to college. And um, and here I am, like, of course, utilizing my degree in a way, but very okay. much more of an entrepreneur, like, nope, I don't really want a boss. So <laughs> I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. And um, I just... I think when we allow people to explore their gifts that they typically know at some point in their life, they know what lights them up and what's exciting.
1: It's so true. One of the things that we do in coaching um, that is part of building confidence is helping our teenagers to determine their values and to actually name them. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, what are the things that are important to you? And a lot of our teenagers will say things like my family, my friends, my grades, but we try to take it even five steps further. You know, Mm -hmm. what is it about? your time with your friends and your family that you enjoy. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking of an example of, of one of my clients who told me that her favorite thing is on Friday nights, she is able to have a couple of girlfriends over and they play family board night, board game night with her family and these couple mm-hmm. friends. And the moment where everybody around the table is laughing at the same time over something silly that somebody said that right there is what she values. And we named it shared laughter. Mm-hmm. So, The reason why it's so important to determine your values as a teenager is because it can help you make decisions, Uh you know, in all areas of your life. So when we're talking about things like, you know, should I go to college or do I take path A or path B, do I make this decision or that decision? if you're struggling, you know, we have our teams like actually pull out your list of values that we that we created together, mm-hmm. look through them and use that to help you make a decision that's going to guide your life in one path or the other. Mm-hmm. And that helps them feel more confident when they're making decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I love that. I worked with a coach probably eight years ago,
0: myself. And one of the first things she asked me to do was to list my values. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was like, well, oh, family, friends, love, you know, kindness, whatever, as I worked through things and worked through, you know, my own past and all that, I realized how much more like freedom is one of them, Mm -hmm. but not freedom in the way that I thought of freedom, like that a lot of our parents think of freedom as, you know, the freedom that you got in the United States or like, and that was drilled down from our grandparents. It was like freedom to live my life the way I choose to live my life, freedom to travel, freedom to, you know, whatever that would be. And of course, it was still those obvious values, but there were like a deeper connection underneath, like connection and conversation is really Mm -hmm. important to me. And I value that. But it's definitely an interesting um, exercise to do that. And then to be in your forties and being told like, Hey, let's work on your values. And I was like, I don't think anyone ever asked me that until <laughs> so I'm sitting here. Like I was almost 40 and now you're asking me about my values. Like we didn't focus on that. So I think that's great that you're doing it with kids, you know, in the teen years. And it's one thing, my daughter, the one I shared about with college, she has always said, all I want to be is happy. Hmm. And so I say to her often, like, if she's stressed over something at school, I say, what would make you happy? Like, yeah. what choice would make your heart happier? Like, you know, and what does happy feel like inside? Like, not just something that you're telling me, like, oh, I'm happy going out to the beach with my friends. What is the feeling associated with being happy in that moment? Because you need to, that's the feeling to follow and to go towards. Mm-hmm. And if you keep following your you should stay on track to where you're supposed to be in life. Not everybody else that you know.
1: Yep. So, that's, yeah. why, that's why That's why our symbol at Life Success for Teens is a compass. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are yeah. your values? Which way should you be going? Which path should you take? But I, I totally relate to what you're saying about your daughter. and I, I love that yeah. she just wants to be happy. And <laughs> you're right, I think, to encourage her to just kind of define that further. Like mm-hmm. when you're happy, what? does that mean are you calm? Are you at peace? Are you like, Like, who are you surrounded by? What are you like? Are there things you're doing? What is it
0: just like all around you in those moments? And you know, I don't even know if I've ever said this to her, but like, sometimes I will grab a journal and write down, like, what does it feel like? What am I doing in that moment where I felt the most free? So that you have that to then go back to and reflect on again when you're feeling not so free or not so happy. And like, I don't know how to find my way back. And because we all have up and down days or weeks. So I think, yeah, it's something to do with them. Wow. I know we could like keep going on and on and on. The one thing that came to mind, because as this is going to start going out into um, the podcast, and I think in like two weeks, it will go live there are going to be a lot of college kids and the parents might be listening, choosing their their destination of next year. And um, my gosh, it like gives me goosebumps because I feel like I was just there with her choosing um, a year ago. And here we are a year later already. But what is like something that you would say to one of those college students who's you know, moving forward in that next direction. And they have, you know, I know we talked about values and they might have to decide, um, but also to focus in on pushing away the noise and not compare themselves to others. Yeah, I know that's what we were chatting about the most, but I think this is a big time for a lot of seniors in the March, February, March, April, as they're doing their final decision of where they're going to go next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Two things come to mind right away. I think one of the first messages I would tell them is just about the importance of self-care and whatever that means to them, whether it's healthy habits or whether that means, um, you know, following like a, a meditation practice, journaling, anything like that. The importance of taking time every single day to do something that builds you up is so very important, especially as you're transitioning to college, because you are going to be more independent. You are going to come into difficult times. You're going to have things you need to recover from. And the more that we can build you up and kind of energize or recharge your battery every day, the better you're going to be able to handle those things that come up. So Mm -hmm. I think the importance of self-care and really understanding what that means and being able to practice it effectively is a really important thing. The other thing that I would say to teenagers heading off to college is get very comfortable um, at figuring out who's on your team and where are the resources. And what I mean by that is know who you can turn to ahead of time before there's an issue and know what that person can help you with. So maybe it is like, you know, Aunt Sally is really good at just listening She's the person I'm going to call if I just need somebody to listen. Mm -hmm. Or I know that there's a writing lab on campus. I toured it when mom and I looked at the the college. I know that it's there. When I have an issue in writing, I need to encourage myself to go to the writing lab. So where are the resources on campus? Who are the people you, you can turn to in a time of need or just to have support? Um, and know those ahead of time, so that mm-hmm. when there is some type of issue or stressor, you don't have to figure that out in the moment. <laughs> You've already got that figured out, and you can just kind of turn to it and use those supports. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, I think those are, those are great. Those are definitely up there for all the college students, especially the freshmen who are just getting used to being away from home mm-hmm. and not having necessarily those supports right there with them for moments of low confidence or, you know, they're getting a little rattled being further away from home. So it's absolutely.
1: It's it's a lot to manage and just to know that you're not alone because <laughs> I'm going to put a million dollars on the person next to you in the dorm feels the exact same way sometimes. Yeah, 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 It is it is definitely. And I
0: will say on the side as the parent, like they're also not alone. Like it was, it was tricky to feel like, I think we're all going through all the feelings. And one of the things I recognized the most this past year was who I went to for, you know, support, who I went to for, how did you do this when your kid went off to college? (laughs) Who did I go to, to share this or to share that or whatever? So that I didn't there were definitely, like you said, individuals that were better at supporting or sharing guidance or loving on me differently than others. And it is, it is a huge step for parents and the seniors rising, you know, freshmen off to college alike. It's huge. And letting go is so scary, especially when they're no longer living like right under your roof and you feel like, It is the greatest test of um, letting go and trusting and knowing that you have no control. Like, but they're
1: going to be okay because you raised them and you got them to this part. You did. And 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 you brought up a good point. You you know, you mentioned talking to somebody who's been through that experience Mm -hmm. already. And that is so powerful and so powerful for our teenagers heading off to college. Like they can get advice from somebody at that same university or just in general who's gone off to college or if if college isn't the path okay, somebody who is doing something similar to you. Talk to somebody who's done it. Yeah, And even maybe talk to your guidance counselor,
0: your school support. Like who else do you know that has gone this path over that path? Can I talk to them? I mean, I just said to my daughter over the winter break, well, you know, this person, they they went to college and dropped out after, left after the first Mm -hmm. semester and opted to start their own business. It'd be really great to just go talk to her. To yeah. explore with her, what was that What was that like? How did that feel with like friendships? Because you're going to immediately start feeling your confidence rattled, your comparison. But those that have gone before us and are already doing what we're thinking of doing are definitely not going to compare them like us. And they're also going to build up our confidence, not knock it down because they want to see the best. And it was something that they chose and they loved. Or maybe they didn't love and they give you that, but one never knows unless you ask. (laughs) All right. Well, it's a great conversation, but I would love to just start to wrap up and share with our listeners where they can find
1: you, um, whether your website or whatnot. Yeah. Our website, it's a mouthful, (laughs) (laughs) www.lifesuccessforteens.com. So there's all kinds of free resources on our website. We will also, as of, I think, three days from now, have some of our workshops available as well. We just finished up a workshop about confidence and the the four steps to building a teenager's confidence. So all that can be found on our website. And then if you're an Instagram person, we're at Life Success for Teens. And if you're still into Facebook, (laughs) uh, the Facebook group that we have um, is for parents of teens and it's called Parents Raising Successful Teens.
0: Okay. All
1: right, great. Something crossed my mind and then
0: I was like, oh, I have to oh, um you're on Zoom and in person because I know you're in Ohio. So, yeah. I am based in Pennsylvania and I just want to make sure our listeners know that they can also reach out for academic coaching over Zoom,
1: I imagine, or whatever way. You yeah, use it. it's funny. A lot of our kids use Zoom. A lot of them are more comfortable with Google Me and a lot of them just want to FaceTime us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so whatever you're <laughs> comfortable with, that's fine. Uh, but we kind of joke that we've been on Zoom since before Zoom was cool because yeah. we do have kids from all across the country. Most of our coaches are in the Cleveland, Ohio area, but we do have some in other time zones because we needed. To accommodate for other time zones. So it is an odd thing to coach students. I, I think I've had, you know, 10 to 20 that I've never met in person, and I may never mm-hmm. meet in person and that it's it feels odd for me for them. It's completely normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, most of our work is is done through zoom. Okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure our listeners
0: knew so they weren't thinking, <laughs> yeah, like, well, how, how do we connect if you're all the way, you know, you're there <laughs> and I'm in Florida or whatever. So, okay. No, that's great. And I know that's how my daughters have worked with coaches as well. And it's amazing the connection and the rapport that they really build over Zoom. I mean, I know some people sometimes say, oh, you don't get the same feeling, but even myself, when I've done some coaching programs or when I was getting my certification, like we grew really close as a, as a group that went through a program together. And I don't think, you know, the, the screen doesn't necessarily take away from it. Um, You can get to the same level of connection.
1: I agree. And I think, you know, something that, I find to be super important is the connection between the coach and the student. And mm-hmm. that's why I have a team because uh, you know we all have a wide variety of backgrounds, personalities, interests, things we were into in high school or college. And so mm-hmm. I really do take great care when I'm talking to an incoming family to connect them with a coach that's going to be a perfect fit, whether that's mm-hmm. a personality fit or, hey, my coach, Sarah played volleyball in college. Your daughter plays volleyball. That'd be a great connection for them to just start mm-hmm. the conversation mm-hmm. because you know, to your point, that that connection between a coach and a student is really important. And if, right, right. if we can facilitate that, <laughs> I think we're five steps ahead before we even start. Yeah, absolutely.
0: No, I 100% agree with that. So, okay. Well, I am so glad that we made time for this chat today. And I know everybody's going to love just listening in. I have a lot of friends and a lot of listeners who are mothers of teens. So this will be super important for them and open up maybe new thoughts for them as well. So thank you again for coming on today. Yeah. And have my absolute pleasure. Thank you, Andy. You're welcome. Hey, friends, thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Intuitive Mother podcast. I am so deeply grateful for each and every one of you that has listened in, whether it's your 50th episode or first episode, you taking the time to share this sacred space with me means the world to me and warms my heart. I would love to hear from each and every one of you about what interviews you loved and what you want to hear more of. Drop me a line at angie at com. On my website, you can also learn more about the programs that I'm offering and the coaching and healings that are also available for each one of you as you journey home to your sacred self. I am thankful for you spending your time with me, and I cannot wait to share another episode with you next week. Have a great day.